Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Hey, good morning again. It's Hour two of Mornings with Carmen here on Faith Radio. Mm-hmm. I ran out of time in the last hour, but, you know, <clears throat> there's always more time, right? Well, there's always more time until there's no time. So no time like the present to consider the time we have left. I'll just encourage you today to um, make the most of the moment that God has given you. Be sure you acknowledge him and give him the glory. And yeah, and then give the next moment to him. Um, thank him for the opportunity of the next breath and the next beat of the heart and the next, yeah, I don't think we consider just how fragile uh, life is. So as you read the headlines of the day and you encounter stories today, the fragility of life is probably going to top that list. And um, so let's be praying for folks who don't yet know the Lord um, and let's be encouraging them to come into a living um, relationship with him through Jesus Christ. Who do you know who is suffering today? Who do you know um, who is suffering today? I listened to a conversation yesterday about a woman who, after she was diagnosed with cancer, she became less and less and less willing to actually tell people the truth about her pain because she could see on their faces and she could hear in their voices that it was causing them pain to hear about her pain. So she suffered in silence and increasingly um, became more and more isolated in her pain because she didn't want her pain to cause other people to suffer. And while that might sound like compassion, it's not. It's, it's pride. It's the strange, arrogant pride, but it's, it's pride nonetheless. And so pain and suffering are real. And we got to be honest with each other about the presence and the power of pain and suffering. We're called to share in the suffering of Christ. We're also called to bear one another's burden of suffering. And so I just want to extend an invitation to you today. Whatever you're experiencing in body or mind or spirit or work or relationships that's causing you pain, I want you to give it a name. I want you to give it a one-word name. Name the fire that you're currently walking in or the whelming flood that you're currently wading in so that we can walk with you in it. So I want you to text me a one-word description of your pain or a one-word description of your suffering. 877-933-2484. Text me a one-word description of your pain. And if you would include your first name, that would be great because I would like to know your name as I lift up your your pain before the Lord. So maybe your one word is cancer or arthritis or migraine or fatigue or prodigal, fear, depression, loneliness, hopelessness, grief, anger, bitterness, disbelief. Disappointment, abandonment, sin, bankruptcy, homelessness, mental illness, addiction, gluttony. What's the name of your pain today? Text me a one-word description of your pain or your suffering, and then let me know your first name so that I can pray for you by name that we could walk together through this particular valley, uh, shadowy valley. And let me encourage you today. Let me encourage you today. God's grace is sufficient for you. 
His power is made perfect in our weakness. We're going to talk with Kendra Sophia Soto about her experience of pain and suffering and affliction and what it looks like to suffer well. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Joining us today is Kendra Sophia Soto, and I was introduced to Kendra through an article at ChristianityToday.com in their Better Samaritan section, and it's on suffering well, Um, and I thought this would be a worthy conversation for us to have with one another. So Kendra, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much, Carmen. I am so humbled and honored to be with you today. Well, we, um, we love the work that you um, and others are doing at the Humanitarian and Disaster um, Institute and their leadership um, at Wheaton College. So thank you for that work. You have, um, you have a story about the faithfulness of God through a season of what I will describe as long suffering. And you know uh, better than most that when you are in the midst of suffering, it's really easy to feel like you're forgotten and overlooked. And so I would appreciate it if you would um, share with others what you've shared with so many in this Christianity Today article, um, because your story is certainly going to minister to others today. Oh, thank you so much, Carmen. That is so kind, and I would be so happy to share. Essentially, in this article, I am discussing my journey from dreading to surviving major reconstructive spine surgery in my 20s. And over the course of my life, God has given me many, many, many opportunities to develop my own patience and resilience. But this particular moment in time was just very different. I think that sometimes God calls us to confront fears in our lives that we never really knew that we had. And this was definitely one of those moments for me. Within the last two years, I learned that I have this degenerative spinal disorder called spondylolisthesis, and essentially what that means is that one or more discs in between the vertebrae in my spine were degenerating and causing my vertebrae to slip forward off of their axis, causing excruciating pain, hindering my ability to walk and drive. I wasn't able to stand or sit for long periods of time. And I was forced to wrestle with my own, my own morbidity and question how I could move forward in my day-to-day life. Can you juxtapose for us, uh, morbidity might be a word that folks have not thought much about. Um, and you talk about it, and you also talk about mortality. So w- what is morbidity when you're using it um, here to describe this experience? Yes, that is a wonderful distinction. Morbidity here for me means our frailty as human Mm. beings. I know that morbidity is probably not something that a lot of young people today think about. Um, A lot of young people are thriving, going out, working, living their lives, having new experiences, and that wasn't always the case for me. Yeah, and especially being 25, this was a very difficult decision for me to have to decide whether or not having a major operation like this was going to improve my quality of life over time. But I realized that this is what I needed to do to advocate for myself. And Mm. the Lord was definitely a part of that process for me. 
I'm guessing that as a believer, you know, you prayed for miraculous healing and God did not provide that like in a moment through a miracle, but God did provide healing through this process. Can you talk a little bit about sort of faith in the midst of unanswered prayers or prayers answered in ways that maybe you would have preferred God work uh, differently? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I think what was very unique about this situation for me was that for the first time in my life, I felt like I wasn't able to envision my future. And I Mm. felt like I wasn't able to create a good, true, and beautiful life or future for myself. And that shook me to my core. That scared me. It made me shudder. I was so tempted to think that everything that I had done in my life was worthless or a waste. But at the same time, I knew in God's word that that wasn't true. And so in the process of living with chronic pain and illness in this particular situation, I realized that there needed to be a shift in how I thought about pain and suffering. And the only way that I knew that I could do that was by partnering with God. So the majority of my prayers during that time had a lot of questions like, Lord, what is your vision and direction for my life? How can I invite your Holy Spirit to challenge and inspire me to think differently, not just about this particular situation, but every single situation and aspect of my life? What would it look like for me to practically walk with you in this and then of course be able to learn how to suffer well and faithfully learning how to suffer well and faithfully we're going to continue our conversation with kendra sophia soto in just a moment Um, you can read the whole article at christianitytoday.com suffering well with while affliction lingers you're listening to mornings with carmen thanks for listening to the podcast of mornings with carmen As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio, tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation now with Kendra Sophia Soto, uh, the article uh, posted at ChristianityToday.com that caught my attention is Suffering Well When Affliction Lingers. So if you are in the midst of suffering, we want to put an arm around you today and say you are seen and your experience is acknowledged and God is present and available and we want to encourage you to partner with him. So we're hearing Kendra's story of her own glory experience with the Lord. When you think about partnering with the Lord, maybe that is why you include um, early on in the article this statement, Lord, we did it. Um, what, what does that mean? Take us to that moment, that Lord, we did it moment. Wow. That was an incredible moment. Oh, where do I begin? (laughs) 
Well, if I may say so, this isn't my first time having surgery. This is actually the first, I'm sorry, the third major surgery that I've had within the last three years. And this experience was so unique because in the six months leading up to this moment, I actually doubted whether or not I was going to be able to wake up from the anesthesia afterwards. And Mm. I wrestled with this question of, okay, Lord, I know that you've told me all these things about myself, how you've designed me, what you've made me for, what you're calling me to, even though some of those things are extremely uncomfortable. And I know that I can't do this without you. And I don't even know if I'm going to make it past this point, but I'm going to take confidence in you, even though I feel like I can't take confidence in myself. So would you meet me there in that space? And so for me to wake up with that instant presence of relief was so overwhelming. Even now to this day, I have so much gratitude for the Lord and for that moment. I have so much gratitude. I I really don't know what to do with it. And um, since then, the Lord has given me so many opportunities to be generous with my time, with my words of comfort and encouragement to others in their experiences of grief and loss or whatever that may be. And so um, that Lord, we did it moment was just like a confirmation of everything coming full circle and recognizing that we had been on this journey together and it wasn't just me suffering or longing for healing and wholeness in vain. And you're, um, Kendra, you're how old now? I'm 25 going on 26. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're done, like, right? No more suffering ahead for you um, the rest of your life because you've done all the suffering that you're going to have to suffer in this <laughs> lifetime, right? No, that's not true. What? What? <laughs> I mean, we're not like, you can't, I mean, come on, man. Like, you've been through enough. Do you ever, like, like I mean, you know that I jest. Um, but I, I do think that there is a temptation to imagine that, well, you know what? I, I've been there. I've done that. God saw me through. I'm so grateful for that. And now everything that lies ahead is going to be pain-free um, and and suffering free. And just as Christians, we just know better than that. Yes. And I think the story is definitely not over. Um, if I may be even more vulnerable, preparing for surgery at that time was not my only concern. At the same time, my stepfather had just been diagnosed with an aggressive form of prostate cancer and was Mm. scheduled to have surgery around the same time as I was. My mother also has a history of fibromyalgia, and she also was going to undergo a few different outpatient procedures that had to do with other chronic illnesses that she has. So while I was learning how to care for myself, I also needed to understand how to partner with everyone in my immediate family so that everyone else's needs and vulnerabilities were cared and advocated for. So this is still a lesson that I'm walking in and learning how to trudge through every day. It's not easy. And and I just have to laugh because... 
God has been so patient with me. <laughs> I've wrestled with him so many times. If I've learned anything in life, I have learned that life is not formulaic. It is extremely messy. And this valuable lesson of being able to suffer well and faithfully with God and others has been completely life-changing for me. I've been able to recognize the heart of God, not only towards me in my pain and suffering, but also be able to discern how I can extend that same grace, mercy, and compassion towards others. So it has completely opened up my entire world about what God's love looks like and how I can be a reflection of that. I love the way you describe yourself. Um, a faith-rooted advocate for biblical social justice and cultural humility, and a community artist and storyteller with a nomadic spirit. So um, where nomadic spirits, uh, Kendra, um, you know, where where do you feel like the Lord is leading you? You're sort of on the, um, I feel like, you know, on this like ledge of possibility, waiting to take flight, having finished, you know, college and graduate school. Um, any Any sense of what the Lord is going to be doing with you? Oh, well, that's a great question. And one that I'm still having many conversations with the Lord about. <laughs> um, well, I'm still recovering from surgery. Just mm -hmm. this last week, I saw my orthopedic spine surgeon. He took x-rays and said that they look perfect. And I have just been cleared for physical therapy. So I'm hoping oh, that awesome. I will be fully recovered from this anterior lumbar interbody fusion in late September of this year. But in the meantime, I'm looking for work and praying that the Lord will open the right doors for me to serve, whether that's abroad or um, staying here in California. Um, but I've always dreamed about traveling domestically and internationally um, for work. So that's still a conversation that I'm having with the Lord. <laughs> could we um, could we lift that up as a prayer um, for you right now? Oh, absolutely. I would love that. Thank you. Father, we thank you so much for your precious daughter, our sweet sister, Kendra. Um, we ask your continued hand of healing upon her physical body. We uh, thank you for the ways in which you are working through um, doctors and through medical technology to support her spine and to strengthen her body, we would ask, Father, that you would um, knit her together in exactly all the right ways, that she can um, stand and that she can be pain-free as she walks forward in faith into the world that you so love. She wants to serve you, Father, around the world, and um, she wants to serve with people who, um, who are in need of justice and in need of an advocate. And so we thank you, Father, for giving Kendra that sense of calling and ask that you would open those doors of opportunity that she might step through them in the coming days and weeks and months and years to come. We thank you for the fellowship we've enjoyed here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Carmen. Thank you so much. We look forward to um, updates in the future. I would love to stay in touch. It has been Wonderful. such a joy to be with you today. Let's do that. Let's do that. Likewise, it's been a joy to talk with you as well. That's uh, Kendra Sophia Soto. You can read the article in full that um, inspired me to have a conversation with Kendra today. It's at ChristianityToday.com in their Better Samaritan uh, section of the website, Suffering Well When Affliction Lingers. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. 
Joining us now, Dr. Corbin Hornbeek, president. Oh, I don't know. You're getting ahead of things here again. <laughs> They're coming. They're coming, They're coming in three minutes. Dr. Or so. Corbin Hornbeek, the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul, and Greg Johnson, the vice president of strategy and the chief of staff for UNW, um, are on their way. Uh, yeah. I'm going to talk to them in just a minute. Um, but uh, we're going to talk among ourselves here. <clears throat> okay, so thank you for all the interaction on the text line. Let me encourage you, if you've not done so already, to um, text your one word. So we're giving a name to our pain. We're naming our pain. We're naming our suffering this morning in order that we might be praying for um, each other in the midst of it. And so um, people have lifted up everything from physical pain that they are experiencing um, to relational pain, financial challenges, divorce, rejection, abandonment, disillusionment, um, many, many concerns among us today. Um, the need to forgive the um, lingering um, effects of alcoholism, uh, a prayer for deliverance. So what's your one word? So text your one word and then your name so that I can be praying by name for you. Um, today, text your one word and your name, like Laura did, whose word is insecurity, to eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. That's an opportunity for me to be praying for you specifically. And uh, one person said, "Carmen, I'd like to pray for you specifically. How can I pray?" Um, we we have a very sick calf. One of our four little steer calves is very sick. So I would ask that you would pray with me that God would um, help us to diagnose what's wrong with him so that we can find um, uh, literally like a solution to what ails him. So if you'd be praying for us today that God would reveal the answer to that question, I will absolutely be praying for you. Um, let me just say this, as you're, as you're thinking about um, who you are and what you're experiencing where you are, I want... Um, I want to give you a little window into, uh, into Janet's life. Um, Janet uh, lives by herself, and she is grateful that we pray for each other on air. She says, I live alone. I don't always have an opportunity to pray with other Christians, so thank you. Um, it's a privilege to join with the whole body through radio. So although you are experiencing this conversation with me right now, probably by yourself, because that's how most people listen, you are not alone. Um, we are one in the Spirit. We're one in the Lord. We have each other, and we need to lean into this relationship. So share your name and your one word so that I can be praying for you by name. The number is 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Joining us now, Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. He is the president of the University of North Northwestern St. Paul, unwsp.edu, for those of you looking for it online. Greg Johnson is with us as well. He's the vice president of strategy and the chief of staff. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey, good morning, Carmen. Morning, Greg. Good morning, Carmen. 
Good morning. Good morning. Um, Corbin, let's start with you. Uh, you you've, been, you've been here for a year, man. Uh, we're celebrating your one year as president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. I uh, just want to invite you to, I don't know, reflect on that. People, places, discoveries, challenges. I don't know what you like, what you don't like about us. <laughs> hey, well, I walked in the studio this morning. I didn't see any balloons or anything like that. There was no confetti. <laughs> Paul didn't throw anything. So, you know, it didn't feel like much of a celebration. Uh-huh. My bad. <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> thank you uh, so much for having us on this morning. And yeah, the first year, um, actually, the first year is officially August first. But you know, when, once the academic year is over, you know, the year is over. So we're we're going to celebrate early here. Um, this first year has uh, I, a word I use with uh, with our trustees actually recently was exhilarating. Um, uh, this first year in this role. Uh, has truly been exhilarating, uh, and I mean that in the best of ways. And of course, we all know the challenges facing Christian higher education, higher education in general. But um, what exhilarates me about Northwestern Northwestern Media is the clarity of mission, uh, real clarity on who we are, uh, why we exist, um, emerging clarity on some exciting things about our vision moving forward and uh, what we uh, really hope to aspire in this world. But, you know, every day I walk across the campus and I see students. And um, if that doesn't, if that doesn't put a skip in your step uh, and get you motivated and moving, I don't know what will. Um, Mm -hmm. I see the future leaders of this country and this world through the eyes of our students. And, that's why we are here. God has called us to prepare. It's right there in our mission statement, God honoring leaders for our home church, our community, and our world. And that is needed today more than ever. So I, I like these words, exhilarating, aspirational, hopeful, forward-looking. Yeah. Um, and I have taken note of the fact there should be balloons on August the 1st. <laughs> I wrote it down. I will order them. They will be purple. Uh, yeah. I there promise. we go. Uh, okay, go. so pe- people want to know, Corbin, do college um, y- college presidents, university presidents, particularly Christian college and university presidents, do you have a club? And if so, have you made any new friends? <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those secret society kind of things. Mm-hmm. We can, Is there a handshake? If we, yeah, if we talk about mm-hmm. it, we have to, mm-hmm. you know. Oh. Um, you know, it, it is interesting. Within the, the CCCU, the Coalition of Christian Colleges and Universities, uh, there are 185 um, Christian colleges and universities that are represented by that. Uh, we have an annual president's conference this year. It was in Washington, D.C. Um, it is a, um, we do encourage each other. Uh, and the times that we have together are opportunities for us to share mutual concerns, mutual challenges. Um, at one level, while we all compete for a lot of the same students, um, the, uh, there, there's no competition um, there is a sense of camaraderie and encouragement. Uh, we pray for each other. Um, uh, I've developed some very close friendships with some of the other presidents of the Christian universities here in the Twin Cities. Um, there are a number of Christian colleges and universities here, <clears throat> and those friendships uh, become, uh, you know, when you sit down with another president, uh, you're talking the same language, you're experiencing mm-hmm. the same thing. So we do we do cheer for each other and, and pray for one another and um, uh develop deep friendships. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to pivot um, here and ask a question to Greg. Again, Greg Johnson is with us. He's the vice president of strategy and the chief of staff for the University of Northwestern St. Paul. 
Um, Greg, we have talked here on air um, with a member of the legal team from the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty about the lawsuit that Northwestern is um, engaged in, along with Crown College and some families um, against the state of Minnesota and its Department of Education. So I was wondering if um, you might give us an update on this PSEO conversation, reminding everybody, because, you know, they've slept and are thinking about different things. What What is the PSEO issue that the University of Northwestern Crown College and these families have with the state of Minnesota? Sure. Let me give me a brief timeline. So May 24th, uh, in the state of Minnesota, a law was passed and signed that would eliminate colleges and universities' eligibility to offer on-campus post-secondary education enrollment options. That's PSEO in short. Uh, those programs, if they required those uh, universities to, uh, or excuse me, if they required students to sign a faith statement or discriminated on a myriad of things, including gender, sex, and religious affiliation. So as you noted, Northwestern, Crown College, two individual uh, families filed a lawsuit against uh, what we refer to as MDE, the Minnesota Department of Education. It's Commissioner Willie Jett and Governor Tim Walls challenging the constitutionality of the law that was signed. Uh, Current federal law says that if you offer a program such as PSEO to both public and private uh, colleges and universities, you can't pick and choose then what the specific beliefs and processes of the private universities are. It's kind of an all or nothing, if you will. And so that's kind of the basis of the case here. Um, Then on June 14th, so just a couple weeks ago, there was a voluntary preliminary injunction agreed to by both sides. And what this means is that the court is requiring a pause, a stay, if you will, on the state's implementation of this new law that was scheduled to take effect on July 1 next week as we remain eligible uh, for the on-campus PSEO program throughout the litigation. So in May, Northwestern uh, had uh, assured our on-campus PSEO students and families that even if uh, this doesn't get overturned right away, we would guarantee their eligibility for the duration, financially speaking. Um, Now that the state has agreed to this stay or this pause throughout the litigation, not only does it back that up and says, yes, we agree that We'll, we'll reimburse you, but it also says for the life of the litigation. So even if this takes hypothetically two years, this is a case because it's federal that could go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, that uh, their enrollment is guaranteed through PSEO for the life of the litigation. So in a year, if in two years, as long as they apply for that PSEO before the litigation concludes, their enrollment is secure. Hmm. Um, Thank you, Greg. Um, We appreciate uh, your being here and your sharing with us. Um, You're listening right now uh, and you recognize that I don't talk about this without these guys present or without the attorney present. That's because uh, that's the way that's going to work. Like, I'm not going to talk about this, right? Because the uh, Faith Radio is a part of Northwestern Media, which is a part of the ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. And so you can find us uh, via the UNWSP website. Um, I know you're used to going directly to MyFaithRadio.com, but we are a part of a larger ministry, and we're a part of a university ministry. And so this is our, this is our home, and these are our people. Um, uh, Corbin, pivoting back to you, this, is, uh, this conversation is about more than um, just whether or not um, students can, can come and be enrolled at the University of Northwestern St. Paul and, um, 
and and have these uh, it, opportunities for education. So when we come back from a very brief break, can you tell us what this is really about? Can we have a worldview conversation about what this is really about? Absolutely. You bet. Great. Great. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. Continuing our conversation here with Dr. Corbin Hornbeek, the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul, unwsp.edu. Greg Johnson is the vice president of strategy. He's here with us as well. Um, Corbin, there's, um, there's something bigger going on here. I'd like for you to have an opportunity to talk about the big picture um, in terms of the witness of the university to the culture at large. Um, and yeah, and I mean, the role of um, of Christians in the culture in, in terms of these conversations. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Carmen. <clears throat> Excuse me. We got a little smoke in the air here t- <laughs> today. So if I if I have to clear my, you know, just cough out all the, the smoke from Canada, I'd Apologize for that. Um, Canada, I feel like Canada. I feel like this, this might be a strategy on their part. I'm trying to smoke it, us it, out. It I mean, could like, be. I don't know. I, yeah, it, it makes yeah. for beautiful sunsets, and that's about and that's about all uh, that it adds yeah. to our life. But uh, if, yeah, for the rest of us who have allergies, uh, you know, you see a lot of coughing and wheezing and watery eyes and all that kind of stuff. So I'll try to right I'll try now, to you know not cough on air for yeah, all our of signal, our listeners. Our signal definitely reaches across the northern yeah. border. So, well, um, welcome to all of our Canadian brothers and sisters. Yeah, exactly. And we are praying for you in the midst of the wildfires. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, if you could, you know, if you could stop smoking us out, that'd be awesome. <laughs> or change the winds and send them north or something. <laughs> uh, so let yeah, let's talk about the 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 issue uh, of this uh, whole PSCO as it, as it relates to the broader culture. And what I want to say about this is, um, this is not an us versus them. Uh, situation. Um, we believe firmly as a matter of, of uh, our biblical calling, but also practical principle that God has called us as Christians to be a witness in the world, but also to be active participants in the world. And I know in today's world, there's a, there's a temptation perhaps for Christians to want to retreat um, and to want to maybe disengage uh, from the world. Um, we find ourselves perhaps feeling a bit more marginalized. And I think this is an opportunity for we who are part of the family of faith to lean into uh, what we understand and see as an increasingly secular, pluralistic world. Um, there is so much in Scripture that that speaks to this. I, I think of Jesus' words that calls us to be salt and light. Um, an important passage to us at Northwestern, uh, we're really centering a lot of our future thinking and visioning around uh, Jeremiah 29. There's a... a popular verse that, uh, you know, people know, Jer- Jeremiah twenty nine eleven that talks about the, the plans that God has for us. But that verse, uh, and a hope in a future, but that verse follows um, a letter that Jeremiah wrote to exiles in Babylon that encourages them to seek the welfare of the city 
and to invest their lives in the prosperity and the peace and the goodness um, of Babylon. And so, you know, we see ourselves as part of this larger conversation. This is not just about defending our religious liberty and putting a stake in the ground, although it's important for us to do that. Um, But Carmen, what is mostly important to us is that uh, we firmly believe that God has called us not just to be a witness to the world, but to seek the good of the world, to be engaged in the world, to add to the, to be a blessing to the world, to add to the peace and the prosperity of the world. Um, And so, uh, we are called to civic engagement. We're called to uh, to be engaged in culture, uh, not to retreat from culture. And so it's important for us to be able to lay down those tracks that affirm our sustainability in that and our ability to do that. So I, I really don't want our you know, our listeners to think that this is, you know, part of the, the culture wars and things like that. This is really a, about our desire and commitment to serve uh, the good and the common good of the world, uh, even while we do defend uh, our right to be who God has called us to be in this world. Mm. When I think about um, the word, the world, the excuse me, the word pluralism yeah. and the reality of a pluralistic world, um I'm not sure, Corbin, that everybody knows what we're talking about when we use that language. Yeah. So could you define that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, let me, what, what let me unpack that, that a little bit. You bet. Um, pluralism means that there's a lot of things going on <laughs> at the same time. Uh, there are a lot of worldviews. Uh, there are a lot of competing worldviews. Uh, there are a lot of um, other people that say, um, I don't believe that there is a God at all that even exists. And so um, who are these Christians to tell me that there is a God? Well, those are two conflicting worldviews, but even within that, there's a wide range of worldviews. Uh, we think of you know our own sense of individualism. We think of our own sense of, of materialism. We think of our own, uh, you know, whatever your worldview is, um, our uh, our world and our country uh, embraces and allows for a wide a wide range of perspectives. Uh, there's religious pluralism, which means that we have we have an embrace and support uh, as a matter of who we are as a democracy, uh, the idea of religious freedom. Uh, and that means that Christians uh, are ought to be free to practice our religion and our uh, freely alongside others uh, in this world who also maintain uh, a uh, their own uh, religious perspectives. So, uh, pluralism just simply means that there's a whole lot of things going on. There's a whole lot of people in this world that believe a lot of different things uh, and have reasons for that. Um, and uh, and we view ourselves as Christians uh, called by God who live our lives according to the scriptures uh, as an important contribution uh, to our world in that broader conversation of pluralism. Did I did I make that more confusing or or did that No, I think yeah. I think the I, I think the reality that there's a lot going on simultaneously and it's and it's ever getting more complex yeah. is a good description of that. I think we tend to imagine that um that pluralism is just about people believing yeah. different things than we believe, but it is also about people living in ways yeah. that are um, that we know to be contrary to God's best. Yeah. It is. Um, it is about relationships. It is about. I mean, pluralism is. It, it it's one of those totalizing 
words. And so I think it's good every once in a while to say, this is actually what we mean by, it's not just religious diversity. It's not just that some people check a different box. Um, It really is that a lot of people are now doing whatever is right in their own eyes. Mm. And that, that's an endless um, number. That's an, that's an, that that sort of opens the conversation up to endless possibilities. And so um, I think it's really, really helpful to, um, you know, to talk about what we're talking about. And and I would add to that, Carmen, that, you know, that the fact that, uh, you know, really a secular world um, and an increasingly secular world, um, there has been this loss of the sense of objective truth. And so once you remove the idea that, that there is no objective truth, there is no um, transcendent God who is the designer of the universe, but also of all morality. Uh, once those th- bets are off, um, pluralism goes like literally like a wildfire in, can- in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it goes it goes crazy, and um, and so we find ourselves as Christians uh, living in this postmodern world where. Uh, the the biblical, I would say, the Judeo Christian worldview may, is no longer the dominant worldview uh, in our world, and so while it's still the truth of God's word, uh, we might have to work a little bit harder uh, to establish uh, why that is important uh, in a in a very pluralistic world. Yeah, uh, we're not only post Christian; I think we're pre Christian again. I think There's you're just right. A lot of folks that they don't they they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's extraordinary. Exactly. Um, all right, we um, we probably should leave it there. Although I was going to ask you to reflect on our verse of the day, which is Second Timothy four two, um, and let you talk about good teaching. But we're going to have to just hold that over for another conversation. We'll look forward to it. All right, um, thank I'm you so much, Carmen. I'm ordering the balloons. <laughs> August the first. August That's the first. Dr. I'll look for them. That's Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. He's the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. We also were joined by Greg Johnson, his VP of Strategy and Chief of Staff. So thank you, gentlemen. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Uh, We'll be right back. Hey, thank you for each and every person who has texted in during um, this morning's conversation, I'm encouraging you to text your one word, like name your pain, name your suffering, name your prayer need, give it one word. Um, and so, um, you know, people have texted in all kinds of things today, unfulfillment, depression, um, the word knee, K-N-E-E, which kept one of you up all night last night, um, the names of individuals, um, relationships, unity, Uh, Debt, prodigal, cancer, son, marriage, divorce, on and on and on and on and on. The list is long. Um, What is your one word um, that you would like for me to lift up in my hands today before the Lord? I'm going to lift up your name because you're going to give me your first name in your text. The number is 877-933-2488. Eight four, praying for Dawn today and Annie, for Anne, for Randy, praying for Lisa and Beth and Erica, Sharon and Dawn, praying for Rick and Deborah, praying for Carlene and Jacqueline, praying for Kathy and Carmen, um, praying for Heather and Deb and Donna, praying for Becky and Jenny and Chelsea, Carolyn, Carrie, Sean, Janet, Deborah, Kim. Praying for Bob and Linda and Joe 
and Mary and Laura and Priscilla and Maria and Elise, praying for Deb, praying for Nate and Jack. I'd love to be praying for you as well. Send me your name, your first name, and uh, one word that I could be lifting up before the Lord today. Um, 877-933-2484. I see you. I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for being here today. Um, And thank you for praying for me. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.